Hello and welcome to the Spiraling Higher podcast hosted by me, Sam, Mindset and Manifestation Coach. And me, Gina, your biz and mindset coach. We're here to support you on your spiritual journey by bringing you intimate and raw conversations about healing, manifestation, consciousness, and spirituality. We hope this podcast makes you feel less alone as you become aware of your patterns and limiting beliefs to uplevel your life, manifest like a boss, and together, spiral higher. We're back, and it's both of us this time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sam, and I'm here with Gina. Hello. And wow, didn't you guys love Gina's solo episode last week? It was <laughs> so good. It was a process, though. You know what? I, I freaking loved that walkie-talkie analogy you mm. used. And actually, you posted it on Instagram. Everyone was like, analogy queen. And I was like, she is. She is the analogy queen. But if you didn't hear that one, um, maybe you can share about the walkie-talkie analogy because it was super good. Yeah, basically the walkie-talkie analogy was the walkie-talkie is the universe and our communication with the universe. And I feel like so many times we keep trying to seek answers, seek clarity. We're always trying to get something. But it would be the equivalent of talking to someone on a walkie-talkie where you're pushing down a button, trying to transmit the message. But in order to hear what they're going to say back, you have to release the button, meaning release your talking and actually wait for the answers to come. That really, that hit me deep. Oh my God. Yeah. That really hit me deep too. Because even like between our conversations, like we have to stop talking to hear each other's like insight and interpretation. But we actually just realized the other day. So Gina and I leave each other a lot of voice notes. We have a lot of phone calls, but recently because I was out of town for a bit, our voice note game kind of got really crazy where the voice (laughs) notes would be like 15 minutes long. And we realized that we were letting each other like unintentionally go on the train of basically keeping the button on, the walkie-talkie. And we weren't waiting for the other person's response. And so we were kind of stuck in our own story. And that's why obviously communication is so important because if you don't communicate, then you just stay in your own story. But I just, I heard that and I thought, wow, that is amazing. And I also wanted you to share how you uncovered a new pattern. Remember? Because… Oh, Yeah. yeah. So after I recorded that episode, I mean, if you've been listening for a while, you already know this kind of stuff really scares me. You know, the idea of recording by myself was just really scary, but I mean, I can celebrate the fact that I allowed the fear to be there and I just did it anyway because I knew that the fear was not true. It was an illusion. And you spoke from the heart. And I said, you can't get it wrong when you speak from your heart. You, You can't get it wrong. So anyways, after I recorded that, the first thing I did was send it to Sam. And what was interesting was right when I sent it, I started to type, I know this one's really shitty, but like <laughs> just here, here it is. And I caught myself as I was typing because I was like, I don't even actually think it is shitty, but Why that was my that? protector of trying to basically say it before Sam did. I'm, I'm going to, sh- which sh- is funny. Cause I was never going to say that. Of course not. But in case she did think it was bad, I'm going to go first, be self-deprecating, tell you that I already think it sucks to lower your expectations and even if you did think it was bad, well, I already, I already know it's bad. So it's Right. Bad. It's like you can't hurt me by thinking it's yes. bad because like I already said that. Yeah. And think about how common it is in our culture to self-deprecate. It's like, I know I look like shit, so like don't even say anything. Yes. It's like yes. I wasn't even thinking that you look like shit. Like you're yeah. just thinking that. Like you're just thinking that. It's so true. It's so trippy because I love that you caught that pattern because that's not the first time you've done that I where do you're that. like, I know this is bad or like I know I look th- like this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You're so 
Like you're delusional. Even my posts, sometimes I'll post something and say, yeah, I posted something today. It's dumb, but I, at least I posted. And it's, it's just the protector of, it gives me permission to not worry about it being good to other people. It's like my way of yeah, I yeah. Guess that's what it it's is. it's just a protection. It's yeah. just like this little egoic shield that we put on. We're like, yeah, it's bad. Like whatever, it's fine. And instead of like acknowledging that, no, like this is a really beautiful, creative, powerful thing that I that I made, and I like it. And knowing that other people's opinions actually don't make it less good. Like let's just say, so true. like yeah. let's say you came to me and you were like, hey, I recorded this episode and I think it's really good. Let's say that I somehow didn't think it was good. That doesn't actually make it not good. Right. Right. But if you were in that protective state, you would have thought, oh, well, now she thinks I'm an idiot for thinking that it's good. Right? Because Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally what it is. And I yeah. don't want to look dumber. <laughs> yeah. We never want to look stupid. And we'll get into that. Oh, more. that's a big wound for us, which I think yeah. is hilarious. But I think it's so relatable. It's so relatable because it's so in, it's so unconscious. It's so insidious. I think all of us have a fear of appearing stupid or like we don't know things. And so if anything makes it appear to us that we are appearing that way to someone else, we we try to cover it up. We're like, yeah. oh no, like I already thought it was bad or like, or I'm an idiot. Or we just, we just kind of hit our, we punch ourselves first. Yeah. It's kind of like if I beat myself up first, like your punch just won't hurt as bad because I've already beat the shit out of myself. So yeah. give me what you got because <laughs> I've already done it. And I think that's, it, it has been a pattern of mine for forever. I mean, even yeah. with singing videos, when I used to post on YouTube, which don't worry, you guys can't Wait, find them anywhere. You, oh my God. When we were going to Seattle, you were like, do you want to like, oh yeah, hear the song that I like produced like 10 years ago? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and you were like, it sucks. Just don't even, just, I know that it sucks. It's really bad. And I was like, I fucking love it. Like <laughs> I loved it. There was no part of me that was like, this sucks. Like why? I was like, what? can we release this now? I can we drop this now? I was by it, but <laughs> Total funny side story. My daughter, I've shown it to her and she like memorized all the lyrics, of course, and she sings it all the time. She asked me one night, mom, can you put on your song? It's called Live It Up, by the way. <laughs> and um, so we, we blast it in the house and my husband comes in the room and he's like, the song sucks. Turn it <laughs> off. He said, this song sucks. Turn it off right now. And we were like, that's me. He's like, oh, uh, it's, this is pretty good. <laughs> but it's funny because you'd already like, work through the whole like it sucks narrative yes. and that didn't even mean anything. Exactly. <laughs> By that point it didn't. Whereas if he had said that previously, previously 10 years ago, I would have been like, I'm never singing again. It yeah. actually reminds me of your listing photos. Do you remember that day? You did listing photos. You worked really hard on them. And then your partner was like, Oh, it was a video. Oh, was it? It was a video. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This was back when I was uh, really into real estate. Yeah. And, um, you know, with real estate, you get your photography, your videography done to best expose your listing to the market. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I used to record in the videos like, hey, this is Samantha with blah, 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 real estate. Like an intro to the listing. Yeah. yeah. And then um, I was watching the video for the first time. And obviously, when I get the video for the first time, it hasn't received any edits or notes yet. I yeah. usually send notes to the editor. And I had just gotten the link to the video and I already was feeling insecure about it because I knew that it was not going to sound the whatever. I just hadn't edited yet, but my husband was next to me and he was like, oh, let's watch it. And I actually knew like 
I should have said, don't say anything yet because yes. like I'm not, I'm not ready. Like I haven't done the work. And as he was watching it, he was like, you really need to edit that. Like you really, oh, that didn't look good. Oh, you gotta, you gotta fix that. And I was literally so upset because I was like, I know, I know. Yeah. Like I hadn't like done the part yet where I was like, oh, I know this part sucks. Like this, right. this part sucks. Like, oh, don't, don't even look at that part. Cause like I haven't fixed it yet. And so he was experiencing it and not criticizing it, but just, you know, giving it his feedback. Honest feedback. Yeah. It but wasn't what, a judgment about you. Me. Yeah. But that's what I realized afterwards was like, oh, like I was making his feedback mean like my video sucked or like right. I suck for this video. And so that's kind of like what Gina have been, Gina and I have both been working through over the past, I don't know, three-ish weeks. Yeah. Month. I guess, yeah, I guess three weeks. Yeah, three, yeah. three, four weeks where we've been realizing that any sort of reaction we're having to what we believe is on the outside, whether it be a real estate video or someone else's comments, is just revealing what I think about myself. Yes. And the work is not to change what's going on outside, but the work is to get curious about what am I thinking about myself? And yeah. is it actually true that someone else is thinking that or projecting that onto me? Or am I just literally creating that for myself? Mm -hmm. Because, wow, we had some moments. We had some moments. <laughs> I think for us, it's interesting because, I mean, obviously we both do the work and I think that's why moving through this with you has been so done with so much ease. But it yeah. is interesting though, what we make, what other people think about but I was mean. It's like, so what if that person thinks my song sucks? So what mm -hmm. if, even if you thought the video was, my episode was bad, that's just your opinion. I know. But we automatically wear that opinion as our own, but it's because we think that inside. Yeah. And what's interesting is if you don't share that opinion truly to the depths of your heart, me thinking it wouldn't make you feel any type of way. Exactly. You'd be like, um, okay, well, you're wrong about that. It's actually really good. So, and I think that's how I feel now about my content is I had a client recently ask me, why don't you get phased when people don't like what you have to say mm. or don't, or like leave negative comments? And it's because I know that that's only ever reflecting their state of being. Yes. It has nothing to do with my content. My content is the neutral stimulus in their environment that they're projecting their own thoughts and feelings onto. So now that I know that, I don't actually feel the need to go in and like respond to the hate comments because that would actually be prideful. And I've actually gone through that phase of my life where I'm like, oh, that person's wrong. I need to correct them. Like that wasn't my intention. But now I'm like, wait, I already know what my intention is. I don't have to do that part. But that's because it reflects your state. Your reaction to that person's state is, my state. is your state, right? Yeah. So when you do respond, like I need to tell this person that they're wrong, that's just reflecting, obviously, a fear or a wound in About, you. Yeah. And that's why there's times where you're like, I'm totally fine and I don't care what they say. It's, it kind of reminds me of going to a restaurant, going to an ice cream shop. Like, you and me will always pick and different totally flavors. different things where I'm like, <laughs> you like that? But I don't make that any, mean anything about me. That's I know. just your opinion. So again, going back to the episode, let's just say you did think it was the worst one we've ever released. It would just be like, well, that's interesting that you think that. I don't have that opinion. Just like if you like banana ice cream, I'm like, I fucking hate that flavor. Right. And that doesn't have to mean anything. But it's so hard to see that you're in your story. It's so hard in the moment to not think it is coming from them. Well, and that is the work, my friends, because that's what we're doing in coaching is helping you realize that you have power over a situation yes. and how you respond to it. And when you outsource your power to the situation itself, whether it be someone's comments or whatever, the weather, 
You're totally powerless. Like that's how you become a victim to your circumstances is believing that like that needs to change or not happen for you to be okay. And so a lot of times people say, but if I don't try to control that, then I don't feel safe. But the safety is in knowing that I only ever deal with my own thoughts and feelings. Yeah. Like you don't even deal with the breakup. You don't even deal with losing money. You just deal with your thoughts and your feelings about that. And when you realize that, you take all of your power back because you're the only one that has power over what you think and feel. Like no Mm -hmm. one actually does that to you, which is why – I remember this is a very basic quote that I heard a lot as a kid, but it was, um, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Yes. Yeah. And I didn't understand that in middle school. Yeah, yeah. I was like, um, that person makes me feel like shit. Yeah. Like, it, like that person is definitely making me feel bad. But it was always that I was believing maybe what they were believing. Yeah. So let's say someone believed that I was ugly. I don't know. Whatever that means. Any, I've done all the work around the words ugly and pretty. So yeah. they mean like nothing. But let's just say someone thought that I was ugly. If they say, hey, you're ugly. That only affects me if I agree. Yes. Literally, exactly. if I agree with it, then I suffer. And then I believe it's oh, it's because they called me ugly. Right. No, it's I'm reflecting back to myself that I think I'm ugly. Because now, if someone were to say that, what I would think is, wow, I'm really curious to know, like, how you define pretty. Right. Like, is it a conditioned ideal? Like, is it like Western beauty? Like, what is beautiful to you? Because you're not actually saying that I'm ugly. You're just saying that your idea of beauty is, like, I don't match that. Right. But you're not actually saying that I'm ugly because I'm not. You know what I mean? It's like what your idea of pretty versus ugly or smart versus dumb is has to do with what you think it is. So, for example, the ice cream example, I love that because when we decide to go with chocolate versus vanilla, there's no meaning making in that. It's just a difference. But it can be that neutral with ugly and pretty too. Because notice how many people have different – like preferences about that, like different types. Different styles. Right. It doesn't actually mean that what I think is pretty is inherently prettier. It's just reflecting what I think. It's just your manual. Literally, yes. Well, I mean, taking that a step further, if you and I go to the mall, like we are in totally (laughs) different different sections. sections. (laughs) Like you grab something, you're like, look at this. I'm like, I would never pick that. Never wear that. Never wear that. Like you love burnt orange. I will never (sighs) I was just thinking the color burnt orange. Of course you are. I would never pick pick up burnt orange. Mine is all pink, Pink, all blushes, white. That's always, mine are always flowy and frilly. Yours are like either skin tight or, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just different, but it's not, it's just an interesting observation that, oh, that's what you consider to be a good outfit or a pretty outfit because that's what makes you feel good. Yeah. That's your manual. And we talked so much about this recently that everybody has their own manual, their own rule book of what equals pretty, what yeah. equals good, what constitutes for an apology, what yeah. do you have to say thank you for? And really what's right or wrong? What's right? Yes, that's so true. Yeah. So yeah. a big one that we've worked through over the past few years, and I was just, <laughs> Gina was laughing about this so much the other day because I knew that I was going to be 30 minutes late to something that we had scheduled. And I know that you've worked through this. Yes. Like you knew that, you knew that I knew that you knew that. But I actually joked to her that like I was literally nervous to be 30 minutes late because in the past, in Gina's manual, it was like, don't be late or you're wasting my fucking time. Like, yes. be It was prompt. like a, a disrespect thing. You don't care about my time. You're you're not thoughtful. It's like a very, very big insult and um, I guess rude to be yeah. late and or not to prepare for that because I – I'm someone that considers being 15 minutes early being late. I schedule my stuff. <laughs> I'm to, like, what do you mean? I'm on time. You're like, yeah, you weren't 15 minutes early. It's 9.01. <laughs> you were supposed to be here at 9. And you didn't call me to tell me you were going to be No, you were supposed late. to be here at 8.45. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. And so for me, the late thing used to drive me crazy and cause so much suffering because 
I kept applying other people to my rule book. Yep. So when somebody else was late and didn't give me the heads up or didn't do what I would do, instantly in my brain that was wrong. And it was a, an attack essentially from them to me that I had to then put my defense up and basically either teach them what they did wrong yep. or I would just internalize it and make it mean something about me. And suffer. And Liter- suffer. Literally suffer while yes. you waited. Yes. Yeah. And it's a belief too that like what I think is right is right. Yeah. It is right. Whereas it's not actually. And what you learned is that someone being late doesn't actually mean anything. What my reaction shows me about this is what rule I'm abiding by. Yeah. This doesn't say anything about Sam being late. What this says is I don't allow myself to be late. Therefore, yes. if you are, it's a violation. Yeah. It's a violation. And so whenever I notice myself getting really emotional, like whether it's anger or anxious or whatever, sad, I'm like, okay, like what invisible rule is being broken right now Mm. in my brain? That's what I want to know. And I want to know if this rule really serves me. Mm -hmm. That's really what I want to know because I can choose to keep a rule, right? Like I always tell my clients, it's not our job to change every single thought that we have that causes us a feeling. Like I want to have angered thoughts about human rights being violated. I want to know that I feel angry about that because it shows me what I believe. That's good. But the thing about being late, right? It's how can I allow a little give with this rule, more flexibility and see myself also being like traumatized by lateness, right? Mm. Because I use that example in my coaching program that let's say – two kids are waiting for their moms to pick them up. Well, And both of their moms are late. One kid could be sitting there thinking, I've been abandoned. I've been forgotten. My mom's not ever coming to pick me up. Whereas for me, I was like, whatever, I get to play with my friends like for like 30 minutes longer. I don't really care. Yeah. But these kids are going to live completely different lives and project what being late means very differently. So for me, yeah. when someone's late, I'm like, I'm assuming they're trying to get here as fast as they can and it's fine. Like I'm just going <laughs> to do whatever I need to do in this meantime. Maybe I'll, I don't know, go on my phone or like read a book. But maybe Gina is like the traumatized kid. And it's like, you're forgetting me. Like you're abandoning me. Mine actually came from, I come from a super corporate background where it was absolutely unacceptable for you to be late. And it was, it would be like a hit to your record, I guess, at work of how other people would perceive you. Like now they think I'm not a good employee. Now they think I can't do my job properly. Now they're not going to trust me. And so I worked very hard to prioritize looking good that way, right? I'm going to yeah. be on time. I'm going to show up. I'm, this is going to show them that I'm t- committed to the job and that I'm doing a good job. And so when I'm abiding by these rules and you get to throw, li- throw like stroll in 30 minutes late, I'm like, wait, you can do that? Well, <laughs> I'm like, you, you can just stroll in and it's not a big deal. Like I remember one when time- When you wanted them to apologize and acknowledge it. Because it's like, that's actually not I, okay. Because I had to do that. Exactly. Right. Like I had to say, like you've just always been so much more laid back about things that it would always throw me off like- I didn't know you could be laid back about that. Well, that we just had this conversation about how certain people have been doing things in my reality. And I keep having to wonder to myself, like, wait, that's allowed? Like, yeah. you're, wait, you don't have to get mad about that? Or like, oh, you're allowed to just ask that? Like, yeah. And it's funny because all that's showing me is, oh, like, I think that that's not allowed. It's not that it's actually not allowed. Yes. There is no actual rules in this universe. We make them up. And the late thing, that's obviously a difficult one to kind of work through for most people because there's a mass consciousness that believes that rule. Yeah. Like it's it's a bit less common to not believe that rule. And, it's, and it doesn't make me like it doesn't take me off the hook of following like practical clock time. Like I, of course, yeah, yes. like I do want to arrive at 2 p.m. if I say that. And if I don't, then I probably have to have some relatively reasonable excuse, right? But it's the, it, the difference is, is are you going to suffer, Gina, as you wait those 30 minutes That's and you only thing. suffer because of your manual? Yeah. And the whole time I'm just pressure cooker, cook, cooking, 
inside thinking about all the things that you are thinking or that you're not thinking or the actions you didn't take or that you you did take and all of these things when all that was happening was you were running behind and you were getting here as fast as you can. And also all of your feelings were just being caused by your thoughts and judgments. Exactly. They weren't actually coming from me. Like I was just, I wasn't even there. Yeah. <laughs> that That's how you know too. Like sometimes, yeah. um, I remember Kyle C said his, one of his awakenings was after, I think a comedy special where he thought he did really poorly. Yes. Yeah. Well, they actually, there were a lot of reviews about him that were really bad. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So basically people were like, yeah, that sucked. And he was in his hotel room and just like having like a, total panic attack and was like freaking out and was so anxious and then had this moment where he realized I'm in the room by myself. Yeah. Like nothing's no happening. telling me I, I suck. I mean, even if it is online, they're not in the room with you. Yeah. Like your body's actually safe. You're literally yeah. in the room. Nothing's happening. You're just creating things in your mind and all the time. What's crazy is that thinking that safety is in trying to control you, it's it's like the thing that you have the least control over. Literally. So to think that that is going to be where your safety is, it's so backwards because all you can control is you. So what could be safer than the one thing you can control? Well, that's the thing is we keep trying to find safety in controlling circumstances. Like, okay, when when things are exactly as I want them to be, like no one is ever late and I have this much amount of money and this, this then I will feel safe. That's so insecure because those are constantly changing conditions. Like you can't stop things from changing. You can't guarantee I'm always going to be on time or whatever. Those are literally out of your control. So your safety is not in the circumstances, but always is in my responses, which is um, why one of my favorite monk quotes is, I forget which monk it was, but he said, my secret to life is that I don't mind what happens. And I did not understand that six years ago because I was like, how do you not mind what happens? Like, I have to stop this from happening and I have to make sure this happens. But like, no, I get that now. I literally understand that. I don't mind what happens because I will only ever experience my response to what happens. Yeah. And you know, on this late note thing, I can't tell you guys (laughs) how many times I have suffered in the mornings because I'm running late to drop off my daughter at school. Yeah, you're suffering. Oh my God. I remember when you... (laughs) I was so annoyed. At you first, called me, me really and you were like, it just like sucks for me because like, honestly, like mornings are so rushed. And I'm like, the morning isn't rushed. You're rushed. I actually said chaotic. And you're like, the mornings aren't chaotic. You are. And I was like, oh, at first I was like, but, and then right away I was like, you're right. It landed. It really hit me. And as soon as I catch myself in the mornings rushing, I'm like, what is the worst that can happen? She's going to be late. Yo, and you've changed so much because I was talking to you this morning. And you actually, I heard you talking to Em in the phone call. And you were like, we're going to be 10 minutes late. So whatever. And then you said something positive about it. What did you say? You were like. I said, that's actually kind of good because then when we get there, we can kind of see everyone's already there. Because my (laughs) daughter was a little bit anxious about, she's going to a day camp and she doesn't know anyone there. So I said, that's good because now we'll see everyone that's there and you can see if you're comfortable. So it's kind of good that we're late. And, you know, a very similar thing happened where my tire drove over something on the highway one day when we were, I was dropping her off at school and it was terrible. It was pouring rain and we were oh going to be like God. 20 minutes late. And I remember my daughter just being like, well, that's okay because now we get to walk together. We get more time together. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, You're right. And that, that is a day that her and I will never forget that we got to walk to school in the rain and she was late, but first of all, she was in grade one. Like, what are you missing in the first 10 well, minutes of class anyway? <laughs> it's, Nothing, obviously. I think in that moment, your manual is saying, me late, bad mom. Yes. Like, and it's and it my just, child suffers, but yeah. she's only suffering because I'm suffering. Yeah. Like, she's scared of you because you're yeah. so rushed. <laughs> and now she's probably scared shitless of being late. 
well, that's going to be her trauma eventually. Yeah. And she's and, yeah. and then later on, she's going to be like, wait, it's not bad to be late. We'll just show her this episode. Yeah. We'll be like, it's fine. You're fine. But it's funny because there's so many things that, you know, my mom had a, as her yeah. manual, right, yeah. that she's projecting onto me. And then in most cases, you you um, you download your manual from your you parents. their manual. Right? Yes. So then eventually you start to learn like this, like you just start feeling like shit, honestly. Yeah. And that is the impetus for you to really look at your manual because – until you start to suffer enough, you don't look at yourself. It's so much easier to blame. Oh, my God. Like, if 100%. you don't do the inner work, it seems easier, but it's not because you suffer until something outside changes. And that is what we have been constantly trying to help people change in yes. their lives is, like, you actually don't have to wait for that person to be on time. You know, we keep using that example, but there's so many different things you could want to. You don't to. have to wait for somebody to stop arguing with you. You don't have to wait for your parents to finally Agree. come around and see you for who you are. You don't have to wait for that job. You don't have to wait till you have the partner. You don't have to wait for any of those things. Yeah, the universe knows no conditionality. Like, we create that with our minds. And so if you can see for yourself, oh, wow, like, I'm creating that with my mind – it's just, it frees you from so much suffering and it also frees the other people. Like, look so at how much true. more relaxed I can be if I know that I'm 10 minutes late because I know you're not like fuming <laughs> that I'm 10 minutes late. Like, it, there's just more, there's not as much tension around it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And it really has given me permission too, like I said, where I'm like, I'm totally- You're allowed to be late too. I'm allowed to be late too. And it do, it doesn't make me feel- like shit about myself if I'm late. Because I would crucify myself the same way I would crucify you. Exactly. And and that's why when you were so nonchalant, you were like, that, I'm totally fine. And I'm you just did not, it was such a non-issue to you that it actually irked me more because of how much it was such a big deal oh, yeah. for me. Right. So But that you know, only ever reflected once again that it was a big deal for you. Not yes. that it actually was a problem. And that's the thing, you know, I think a lot of people go through life really resisting contrast, really resisting these difficult days or hard experiences. And they you kind of feel like you're being punished, right? Like why, why is the universe testing me? Why, why? Why are these people testing me? Why is everything not working out? But it's it's in those moments that it's trying to bring you to the knowing that this is just reflecting what's going on inside of you. Yes, because the universe doesn't test you. It, it reflects, reflects you. you. And that is a brutal realization before you're ready to have it because yeah. it's so much easier once again no, not actually in the long term, but in the short term to believe, no, it's yeah. because of that. It's because of that. But notice every single time you do that, you give your power away to the thing. And yeah. so really what we're doing in coaching is constantly giving people their power back, is saying yeah. like, no, you you unconsciously gave that away into that situation, but you always have the power to create your feelings through your own thoughts and awareness. And yeah, it's just it's just so much faster to resource yourself in that moment. And there have been a couple of different situations that Gina and I have gone through where because of our loving relationship, anytime we have been triggered where anytime we've been convinced that we are being triggered by each other, the work happens very quickly because we know it's not each other. Yeah. Which is funny because it, it, God, it just forces me to look at myself. And sometimes it's fucking annoying. Like doing inner work is not pleasant. It is extremely frustrating. Yes. Like doing inner work is not like, okay, like let's figure out like what judgment is in here. It's like you feel angry. You feel annoyed. You feel like this, you feel resistance. Like you start noticing yourself doing weird things or like you're kind of, you're trying to come up with like escape routes. Like yeah. you were trying to escape from the podcast again. <laughs> and I was like, no, you're not leaving because it's not the podcast or anything in your life that's causing it. You're going to have to deal with yourself either way. It's just going to pop up again. Every issue that I'm resisting in the pod or with you 
I can delete you and delete the pot. I can get rid of all of that, but it will never delete me, the wound and myself until I look at it, until I actually realize that it, it, it is coming from me. And that was so funny because, um, yeah, I did try to run. I did try to run. I, I was convinced, you know, in the a few weeks ago that I'm just bringing Sam down and I know she knows it. No. Like Sam, I'm a dead weight. I got, I got, oh I my got God. run. And I just remember thinking these, and it was, it was so funny because even with the same thing of me sending you the episode and being like, this sucks. It, I caught it so quickly because I thought there's no way she, she's going to think that because there's no so much love. It's, it's kind of like, I mean, objectively, even if my daughter did draw something that was terrible. I still love it because it's mm. her. Right. And so I know that you love me because it's me. And even with the the thoughts that I had around you and, oh, this must be what Sam's thinking. It's actually <laughs> insane how much we make up in our own minds. And we, oh my we God. are so convinced that it's true, but the person has done nothing to make you think that. Like you were leaving me so many supportive voices. Giving notes, advice. Giving advice. You were just pouring so much love. And I was like, wow, she thinks I'm so dumb. Yeah. You were literally just like, I don't fucking need to hear that right now. Yeah. It was kind of like, and and you thought I was bothering you, yes. right? But I was never bothering you. You were bothering yourself. Yes. But I want to I want to really commend Gina right now because she actually never projected that onto me because there was always an awareness, although yeah. it took you like, you know, like a week or two to work through it. You always knew that it was you. Yeah. And that doesn't blame you. It doesn't make you bad or wrong. It's more just like, okay, like how is this a projection of me? Like what am I believing about myself? Because it's only what you're believing about yourself that you see in other people. So for example, like if you believe you're ugly and someone says you're pretty, you're going to be like, oh, well, you're just fucking saying that. 100%. And it's like, no, you're just, you're only seeing yourself. You're only ever seeing your own state of being, which is also why if you feel really confident and someone says you're ugly, you're like, okay, yeah. Like, that, you don't and believe that either. if somebody says you're really pretty, it doesn't really add to that because you're like, I already knew that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or actually, it's the only way you can even really receive that because you're, That's you're, really at, the, you're at the same level. You're at the same vibration, same resonance. But um, I, too, went through some of these series of things um, where I believed for a moment I was being triggered by Gina, which <laughs> I loved it because actually as it was coming up, I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be good because – and by the way, I'm not actually – that's not actually my attitude in the moment. Like, I am frustrated in the moment. Yes, yes. <laughs> I want to just preface that because yeah. I'm not that chill. Like, I do feel frustrated. I feel kind of irritated and, like, I don't really want to talk to her, which is weird because I never don't want to yeah. talk to you. So, yeah. like, I knew already in that moment, like, this is some fucked up shit inside of me. And I got to basically explore deeper. So what had happened, I mean, I'll just share because we share everything. Yeah. But I think I told her like some like big realization that I had had <laughs> over the past week. And I was feeling like really good about my realization, but there was obviously still some sort of wound deep down. And she sent me a couple audio messages that basically reiterated what I had said, which is interesting because if someone reiterates what you say, they really heard what you said. But the voice inside of me was saying, didn't she fucking hear what I said? Like, why is she like repeating what I said? Does she think I'm a fucking idiot? Like, does she? and it was doing that. Yeah. And so anyways, I, I heard these audios as I was going to a workout class. And in my mind, I was like, I'm not going to message her right now because I know this has nothing to do with her. This is like a me thing. <laughs> and in this yoga class, it was actually like a candlelit dark yoga. So I walked inside and it was like, okay, let's take a moment to like ground in, like drop into your body. And so I'm literally laying there in the dark. And I decide, like, okay, I'm going to go inward. I'm literally just going to ask myself some curious questions. I'm not going to get mad that I'm mad. I'm not going to blame myself or feel shame. I'm just going to ask, like, why does that bother you? And so I kind of started going through this series, and there was a part of me that was like, because she didn't listen. And then a, 
I asked why again about that. It was like, yeah. why does it matter that she didn't listen? It was like, well, she she doesn't understand me. She And then I was like, okay, well, why is it bad that she doesn't understand you? And it was like, she thinks I'm stupid. And then I was like, oh, yeah. this is my stupid wound. And so if any of you have listened to our previous money trauma episode, I have a lot of math wounding. And yeah. I think I'm not alone in that. Yeah, you're like not. not being good at math when I was young made me think that I was stupid. And so I constantly tried to like cover up the fact that I was stupid, which I wasn't stupid. I was a kid learning like algebra, which was, you know, objectively difficult. So my wounding was basically like this trapped like nine-year-old inside that was feeling like, oh, because she didn't understand me, like she thinks I'm dumb or like I didn't explain that or, and I just heard it in my mind and I was like, oh my God, like you're not dumb. <laughs> like you're that's so stupid. And then it was so funny. I re-listened back to the voice notes like the next day. And I was like, they sound completely different because I'm not in that state of mind. Yeah. Your story follows your state. And I I've, I told Gina about it. Obviously, we laughed so much because we basically, yeah, we just laughed because it's funny what our ego will say to us and what it would trick us into believing. But it's if I hadn't have done that work, what's really important to recognize is that I would have projected that onto Gina. Yeah. And then I would have caused even more of a mess. I would have been like, hey, like I, you know, let's just you say really, you really shouldn't talk to me like that. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, cause you don't, you're not in my state. Right. Yeah. So you, you would just be, see yourself, which is probably calm and be like, what are you, what are you talking about? And then I'd have to go into a whole story, like reinforcing what my ego had believed about you, which then you'd have to go into a defense mode. And then we'd like trigger each other more. And so what I realized is everything gets healed much faster. Like if I don't project, like if I literally go inward to the source, because the source of the feeling is me. Yeah. It's not Gina. Yeah. It's not it's not the weather. It's not anything. It's always going to be me. I can heal so much faster. And I think that's why people take so long, quote unquote, to heal because they keep looking outside. They yeah. keep waiting for something to change. And it's like, that's going to be really difficult because the feeling's only ever coming from you, which is why like, you know, inside of our coaching programs, they're relatively short when you think yeah, about it. Like yeah. massive manifestations, 10 weeks, but they're completely different people because for 10 weeks, they looked at themselves and they were like, wow, the world's completely different now. And I'm like, I know, because it was always you projecting that it was like it's that. because your inner world has changed now. And so your outer world is going to reflect that. And that's that's the thing. It's like, I feel like in those couple of weeks where I was feeling really, I don't know, it was, it was just, I was just not feeling good enough. It was my yeah. gaping open, not enough wound. Exactly. That was just... It was so deep inside that wound was open and everything outside of me kept like poking salt. the wound. It was salt in my wound. And I kept, yeah, I was so frustrated. You know, another thing I'll add with, with you and I is sometimes what adds to the, the situation is I have this, I, I was resisting being triggered by you. Oh yeah. Because we love each other so much, right? Like we don't want to think that, oh, she's causing this. Like, oh, this is bad because like, like I love yeah. her and like, I don't want this to get in the way. But even that's like preventing you from an expansion, right? Yeah. Because I, it was actually only through you that I would look at this, which is really that's interesting. Yeah. Because I have not had that wound triggered in a really long time. Like when's the, when's the last time? Like I think the last time, literally, yeah. I was going to say it was literally when I did my taxes, like yeah. last year. So I haven't had that come up. And it's almost like the universe knew, like she will only pay attention to this if we give it to her in this form. Hey, listeners, quickly interrupting this episode to say that if you're loving this conscious conversation, we're inviting you to join the dialogue with us inside of our free Spiraling Higher community. It's our favorite place on earth, and it's where you can meet like-minded souls on their healing journey and discuss what you're spiraling through with your conscious besties. 
It's where we continue this conversation long after the episode ends because as we all know, healing is an upward spiral. So join the conversation, share with us your insights, questions, and breakthroughs. We're here for it all. You can join by creating a free account by clicking the link at the top of the show notes. Can't wait to see you in there. I think one of the things I said to you is um, what needs to come to light will always come to light. So if there is that wound within you, it is just a matter of time until that comes up again. So for me, the feeling of not being enough, all these things, that's why I keep on my, my MO has been, I'll just remove the external problem. <laughs> I'm just going to remove the podcast. I'll just remove Sam. I'll Lock just me. remove all of these triggers so that I don't have to feel this way, but it's only a matter of time before it's going to come up through something else. I always yeah. say that every emotion will come through the path of least resistance. So it might come up with my husband. It might come up again with me being late with my daughter, yep. whatever it's going to be. And so that's when I realize, oh, this is not a Sam thing. This is a me thing. And until I really can believe in myself that I am enough, regardless yeah. of what I perform, regardless of how many episodes I do or don't do, or which ones are good, which ones are bad. I have to feel enough first. And that's just a really annoying thing to have to deal with when you are first doing it. it yeah. Just it's, it's frustrating at first because we are taught to be so distracted by the outer world and yeah. like to believe that things are happening outside, like to me, like, oh my God, like the world is like testing me. Right. Yeah. But when you actually resource yourself and like literally go inward and figure out like, what am I thinking and believing and projecting here? Um, everything is transformed so much faster. It's just, it's way faster because inside out is the only way that things actually transform. So trying to go outside in is really a fruitless process. Yeah. Um, and this reminds yeah. me of like seeing things through the eyes of ego or spirit. So yeah. when I was first listening to your voice notes back to me, all I could hear was, judgment. Wow, she thinks, yeah, that I'm, I'm dumb. <laughs> Which is exactly what I heard. A hundred percent. And so then it's so funny because then when I shifted my state and I did that work and I actually did exactly what I showed you guys in the last episode about just getting quiet because I could hear all of this static and all of this noise of she thinks this and she thinks that and they think this and everyone's going to think that. Yeah. And I had to really get quiet enough to really hear, oh, the like, truth. the truth is all she was doing was giving me love. Yeah. And notice in that, um, like, she thinks this, blah, blah. Notice how many assumptions there are there. They're all assumptions. Yeah. It's just assumptions and judgments. And so something I remind my clients about all the time is like, you don't know what they're thinking. You made that up. And even if you, even if they outright said that, it's still, it goes back to like the flavors of the ice cream. It doesn't, you don't have to take it personally. It's yeah. just their opinion. And they get to have that. I always say that in an argument, I think all people are right. Yeah. You're right in your perspective. You know, most exactly. people are not purposely trying to just be hurtful. That's just what they believe they need to say in that moment for themselves. Right. And like, even if I, you're right, even if I did say, okay, that was dumb or like, you're dumb, I'm not actually revealing to you your dumbness. I'm only revealing to you what I think about what is dumb and what is smart. Exactly. You're just showing your manual. I'm literally, <laughs> actually one of my like comebacks internally when someone projects something onto me is like, mm, your beliefs are showing because yeah. that's all I'm seeing now. Yes. I don't see anything about myself. Like if someone thinks like I'm too skinny or I'm too fat, I'm like, your beliefs are showing. Like that doesn't actually say anything about my size. It only yeah. says what you think about size. It just shows what their measuring stick is. Yes, what exactly. With, so yeah. someone, yeah, or when it comes to money, thinking that what, well, how much money I make in a year is a lot. Someone else might think it's not a lot. Is it a lot or not a lot? I don't know. Depends yeah. on your fucking manual. 
Yeah, well, mm-hmm. with the lateness thing, I'm measuring like the number of minutes you're, you're yeah. late by. And the longer you're late, the, the more you don't care about me, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas you don't even have a, a, a time measuring stick. You don't well, even have a timer. You're I live like, outside of time. Yeah. <laughs> what is time? <laughs> I'm like, you believe it's 3 p.m. right now? Like, what is that? Yeah. And Weird. Like, Wait, you don't have a clock? <laughs> um, so it really is. What are you using to measure? And so even for me, like I realized I was using the podcast and what I was accomplishing outside of me again as my worth. And I yeah. was like, oh, yeah. It's not about those things. And it always fucks you up because those aren't measurable. They're not. Like, it's, it's hilarious it's to not. try to measure it. So, like, I know. And that's what we do all the time. We try to measure our self-worth by, like, how much we weigh. We try to measure our self-worth by how much money we make. We try to measure our self-worth by how many followers we have. And it's like, wait, you're totally, like, behind the eight ball because that's an unmeasurable thing, yeah. which is why you're always behind it because you just can't do it that way. I do convince myself that it is measurable, though. I mean, I, I – I, of what is the entire world that we live in? The matrix. True. Literally, yes. everyone is convinced. I'm convinced that no, but you you can objectively know that this sucks and that I'm dumb. Like, and but you you really can't. And that is just the old manual that everybody else is living by. And yeah. so really the work for us is as I think it's like you said, it's so much easier with you and I because as soon as I think a thought about Sam, I'm like, I instantly in my body know it's not true. It's a BS meter. And you know, I did what you do, which is saying it out loud, right? Yeah, so Sam so- thinks I'm dumb and useless and <laughs> wants to get rid of me. It sounds <laughs> so like, stupid. It's ridiculous. It sounds so stupid. And there's no part of that. And I and I know that in the moment that the message is filled with love, but because I'm blocking myself from my love, there's no way I'm gonna receive love from you. And so that's why Mm. going quiet for me was so important because I could get quiet enough to realize and release that none of this is real. This is all an illusion. The only thing that's real here is the love. Everything that's coming out of your mouth towards me, even if you are annoyed, is actually love. The underneath all of that is love. Yeah. And so, yeah, I I needed that reminder. I mean, we- Which is why we need contrast. We have- we have to be reminded. And um, I was talking with a client yesterday. She ended her, you know her, but she ended her uh, one-on-one journey. And um, she was saying like, I know it's not about getting there. And, you know, yeah. I get that. But, you know, sometimes I do wish that I could get to a place where I would just be, you know, more peaceful, like more often. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, don't wish for peace because just like we don't want to sit on a beach and do nothing, like we would get bored. It's the same with our like daily waking life and consciousness. Like we came to earth to like kind of fuck shit up and like yeah. experience like the absence of love to like know what love is and to experience judgment, to know non-judgment. And like we need these reminders constantly. Otherwise you would forget. Like mm-hmm. you would forget. Like I, the weather's so nice now. I love warm weather. And every morning I walk outside and I'm just like, oh yes, no jacket. Like I love it. But that feeling is only greeted with so much joy an expansion because of how cold I was all winter. Yes. Like I needed to experience that. And so we have to honestly know an opposite to really know what something is. So true. Because then you really love it and appreciate it so much deeper. Yeah. And it's only painful. I, don't, I guess also part of it too is I think now, I mean, can you see the beauty in the coldness? I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> but I mean, maybe the beauty in the cold is the fact that you get to experience the joy of the warmth. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, for the contrast internally, when it comes to like my negative emotions, like really now I experience contrast and I think like I'm learning something about myself. I'm learning something about myself because the contrast is only ever showing me what I think about myself. Like the world is an entire projection of me. So yeah, like I want to know me. I want to see me. I want to experience myself. And so whenever I uncover that belief, like, oh, like I thought I was stupid. I'm like, 
oh, like that's what you thought. And like, I want to know that so that I can heal it. Yeah. And it's kind of like how I feel about you. Like I always want to know me better. I know you better. (laughs) I love learning the things that trigger you. And I would love learning the things that bring you a lot of joy. Like learning how you love spontaneity a lot. Um, I I do not. Like it's, (laughs) there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not judging one as better than the other. I love finding out about you. And I think we're so used to only having our vision go outwards that for the first time you start to be like, who am I? Who am I? (laughs) Yeah. And I think the reason why I'm truly so in love with life is because life is just showing me me. Yes. I'm like, I life is the exploration into myself. And yes. that's so fucking awesome. Like yes. every single day, I feel like I know myself more. Actually, Gina and I were just joking that I look at myself one week ago and I'm like, damn, she didn't know anything. Like yes. <laughs> I keep laughing at how little I knew. Yeah. And it just becomes so exciting to like watch myself constantly expand. Like watching videos of us even from a year ago. I'm like, oh, like, damn, she thought she knew stuff. Like, I just keep learning more, which makes me stoked to experience not only joy, but like, yeah, contraction too, because I'm just learning more about me. Yeah. I mean, the contrast really is the reflection of the work that you need to do inside. That's basically- Literally. It's just your next assignment. Literally. And once you understand, once you have tools and a community to like do that assignment with, it's like a group project. <laughs> it really is a group project, except you're only going to get graded on your Yeah. Own. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Theirs won't affect your mark. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's so fucking funny. No, it's literally true. It's like you're doing it as a group, but like everyone turns in their own paper. Yes. And that's why I love being in community, like with you and obviously our growing community. Oh, our community is amazing. The responses they give to each other They're sometimes. Like chapter books. I'm like, yo. The, the commitment and the love in here is amazing. And it just makes people feel like, wow, like I really not be going through this by myself. Yeah. And, you know, even when I'm convinced sometimes that I am going through something by myself, I'm not. Gina's going through like the same thing with like a different outfit on. Like we're all working through the wound of unlovability. That's literally it. That's it. That's literally it. Even like thinking that I'm stupid. Why would that be bad? I went, I even went down to that level and it was like, no one would love me. It's yes. like, it's like, Really? So would I, would someone not love me if I was legitimately stupid? Also, what is stupid? Like, what is that? What, what, what kind of ruler do you use for that? I'm like, my dog is stupid. Love him. Like, love him. So, you know, I'm loving just everything literally about myself, which sounds so cheesy because all of these little contrastive things and triggers are teaching me like what I, what I've been honestly just trained to think. Well, you know what? When you learn to fall in love with yourself, you fall in love with, with life. the world. You fall in love with life. You <laughs> because really you, are the, you world. are the world. And you basically oh. just see everything as beauty. Yeah. You know what? The This quote I've come back to recently, which resonates on the deepest level it ever has so far. You know the, so Jim, the Jim Carrey quote, oh, right? Oh, I love this quote. Yes. I know. So he good. said, I thought I was a man experiencing the world. Until I realized I was the world experiencing a man. And I'm like, wow, I am the world, the universe experiencing it like through me, Sam. And so when you love the thing that, when you love the experiencer, like you love the entire experience. Yeah. And I, I really want to experience all of the shades and hues and colors of every experience. I know. And so- it's it's so interesting even after breathwork sessions, one mm-hmm. of the things that I love doing at the end is, you know, they first blink their eyes open and they blink, they flutter their eyes open and I say like, don't come to the screen right away. Just look around and just notice oh, yeah. 
what's different. And you are in the same room that you were in before you closed your eyes, but all of a sudden you're like, wow. I know. Smoke screen gone. Veil, veil lifted. You just all of a sudden see life is so much more beautiful. People are like, I'm going to go out and get an ice cream for myself today. And it just is so much more rich, but mm-hmm. nothing actually changed, right? Yeah. It's just the filter and the lens with which you are looking through it now. This reminds me of one of my very favorite movies ever called I Feel Pretty. Oh, that movie's so good. That's a movie literally about the law of assumption and attraction. Like literally her perception of herself changes and then so does her life. Yeah. And the biggest breakthrough she has at the end was when she realized, oh my God, nothing changed. How terrible. Right. And then she was like, wait, nothing changed. How amazing. Like I changed everything through me. Yeah. Like that's all that ever needed to change. And, you know, something that her love interest says to her like in the beginning of the movie when they're kind of like courting each other and during her like phase of believing that she is beautiful, which she is, right? You know, he was saying like, God, I just I just love that like you're not focused on some like stupid like insecurity like everybody else. And she was like, yeah, well, I'm beautiful. And I just think about <laughs> yeah. how it doesn't actually matter if you have flaws or insecure or like just whatever, like things that you think yes. aren't beautiful. Yes. Like you thinking that those don't matter is what's beautiful. Yeah. Like you not thinking that it's a problem that like you're a little bit chubby or like you thinking it's not a problem that you have small boobs. Like you thinking it's not a problem that whatever, like it, that is what is attractive. Yeah. Well, no wonder it so causes so much suffering when we're trying to measure up to everybody else's like rule book, manual book, and their version of what they think is good. Because really where my suffering was coming from was I was trying to be the version of good and smart to Sam. And it's, it's so then I'm suffering and going in but circles. But which wasn't actually my version. It was, of course it was not. Just your- it's just what I think is your version. Yes. Right. And that's really what imposter syndrome is. Imposter syndrome yes. is you don't feel like you measure up to what you think other people think that's supposed to be. Exactly. So, like being a runner. I remember that was an example we always talked about because you're like, I'm not a runner. And I'm like, you run every day and you're training for a marathon. <laughs> what would constitute as a runner then? And even being a singer, I was like, well, I'm not a singer. I just like sing. I'm right? like, I what just, else does a singer do? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, what else do they do? But I'm like, well, I'm not a singer to what I think other people think a singer should be, which in my mind back then was a singer that has like a lot of views, a lot of a record deal, right? But that's not... That's not what a singer is. It was just your projection of what you thought a singer was. And you go into like the professions, right? Whether it's real estate, being a coach, so many people have imposter syndrome about the title of the job. But if you think what an interior designer or realtor is, you get to define that. Yeah. You got to define what is a realtor to you. And then you just live in that. It doesn't have, you don't have to look like a realtor or a coach to what everybody else's definition is. And, And, but that's what we try doing. And no wonder we suffer because everybody's definition of that is different. Yeah. And God, I hope you'd be fucking different because we already have the version that yes. is out there. Like do yes. it, do it different, please. You know, it took me yeah. so long to learn that like, I'm not going to see what I need to be out there because I have mm. to be the only me. It just, it doesn't make sense. Like the paradigm has just completely dissolved. I'm like, wait, I'm never going to see me out there and try to be able to recreate that because it's not there. Like I need to be me and me trying to be someone else is that's the biggest effing failure. It is. And that's, that's a thing. I, I, it is a a pattern of mine to try to like fit in with, I mean, it does come from my childhood. I used to move Mm -hmm. a lot. Right. And I would have to kind of fit in. And I, I felt like that's what I was doing with you. I was like, okay, well now I have to wear Sam's outfit. And it's like, 
honestly, literally, if I had to put on your outfits, I would be incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> like if you actually think about that. And honestly, like in the dress you're wearing right now, which is so beautiful. It's like one of my favorite outfits that you ever wear. And you even call it the Sam dress because is, I, I love when you wear yes. it. Just imagine me wearing that. Like just. <laughs> <laughs> but even think about shoes. Like if you have a different <laughs> shoe size. Okay. Our shoes would be hilarious. Yeah. But even the shoe size, imagine trying to wear somebody else's size shoes. That would literally. be so and, and you're, you're mad. You're mad that, why aren't my feet a size six? Like, that is so Because they're ridiculous. a size seven. And that doesn't mean anything. It's just yes. a different size. And you know what's funny? Speaking of sizing, you know, I've realized too with so much like unconditioning is even sizes were created during the Industrial Revolution too. Yeah. Like small, medium, large because they wanted to basically make clothing production easier. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, like I'm so fucked up in my head because I think a medium is worse than a small or vice versa. And it's like, wait, we used to like tailor things perfectly to your body. Yeah. Like there was a, literally a tailor in your town and you'd be like, hey, this suit is too big and I don't make that mean anything. Can you fix it and make it fit my body? Can you and, make it my size? Yeah. Can you make it my yeah. size? And then like industrial revolution happened and we were like, well, that's going to take a long time to tailor everything. So we'll just come up with like three arbitrary sizes, pick one that matches you the most. Yeah. And people started feeling fucking alienated because they were like, I don't fit into these. Yeah. And then they started feeling like they were wrong. And I was like, no, the, the standard for the sizes is wrong, not you. I mean, when I had my eating disorder, um, I remember I would refuse to wear certain, like above a certain size. And I would, yep. I would it's like crazy. squeeze myself into this, these clothing. And it was so, <laughs> I, I would like take them off and there'd be like lines on my body. Right. And you're just like, no, well, it's I'm, sad, a size, it's I'm a it's size sad. this. And it's like, yeah, but you're like sausaging yourself into Literally. an outfit and cutting off circulation just to fit into a number that doesn't mean anything. anything. It's just what you were taught to make it mean. And I remember the first, not the first time, but the second time I ever went to Korea. Um, I was 16. So I was like just becoming literally super body dysmorphic. And by the way, Korean beauty standards are heinous. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I, ha I will not ever put that on ever again. Like I, I just see it for the dysfunction that it is. But when I was there, the sizes are different because yeah. the population of people are different. And if you yeah. compare just Americans on average with South Koreans, they're just different sizes. Not doesn't mean anything, just yeah. different sizes. But when I went there, I was like literally medium to large in the sizes. <laughs> yeah. And I was like so mortified. Yeah. But it's so crazy when you really think about it because my body didn't change sizes. Yeah. Like yeah. literally it was the same size as like the small, extra small or whatever at like, I don't know, limited to in like America. And then I went over there and all of a sudden just the label changed and it just did so much inside of my brain. Yeah. And I just remember thinking like I weighed myself incessantly that summer in my aunt's room. She had this like little scale and I was just incessant about it. And I love to eat. I love, especially Korean barbecue, like oh, so pork good. belly and all these things. So, you know, I'm like, my favorite foods are like all there. And I'm just like being this totally restricted being. Like I'm acting like I'm not that hungry. Right. I am. And I'm just literally <laughs> distorting these sizes. And it's just, it's just insane. And like my heart breaks for people who are still like in that mind frame because it feels so real. Like it feels like, I mean, look at what we did. Like, I know. <laughs> but you know what? I also equally love it when people go through it because I'm like, oh, you're getting closer. You're getting, cl you're getting closer. Like, it, it, Yeah. <laughs> you know what? We actually know a couple people right now that we, we share mutually that are like really going through it. And it sucks because we can't, we can't actually pull them out from it. It will always be, you always save yourself, right? Yes. No one can save you. Yes. And so it is really hard watching someone go through that because we know the pain of going through that. But we all, we also know what's on the other side. 
And yes. it's really just our job to hold the frequency of the other side and be yeah. examples of the other side. Because there were times when I was in my depth and my darkness and I just really thought like, I'm never going to come out. But hearing you say like, you will, like, like you will. And I, you know, what's helped me so beautiful about us and what is so beautiful about community and why it's so important to have community is that with you and I, no matter what I think of myself, you always hold me in the vision of my, my true self, which is actually, um, quite disturbing sometimes because if you become really far away from that knowing the contrast is so obvious yes I feel I feel that like, it's almost feeling like two puzzle pieces that are not you're being stretched yes. like you're away from it which yeah. is actually this is exactly what Abraham Hicks says yes it's actually what Jesus said and what Buddha said too they all said the same thing like yeah. there's only one absolute truth or as Abraham says your inner being and you feel the distance or the misalignment with that part of yourself and so yeah, yeah you're right I do hold the loving fully potential, like realized version of yourself in my mind. And when you depart from that, you feel it. Right. Which then I think is you being disconnected from me, but it's just me being disconnected from, from myself. Yeah. And so like, yeah. I didn't go anywhere. You didn't go. I, I just went. <laughs> you, like, you left. I left. And you I left like, the building. Go? And you're like, you're the one who left. <laughs> <laughs> but come back. And you're like, you come back. You, <laughs> you left. But I think it's you. I'm like, wow. Right. We, and we do this with our partners. Oh um, my God. This is like me when I walk out on my husband because I'm in a fight and I'm like expecting him to chase me. It's like, no, you left the room. You, you got to come back. That's <laughs> oh so god. funny because I'm like, why I, didn't you follow me? This I is like, I don't to, do this anymore. But oh, yeah. like, oh my god, you with I the suitcase? To, I would pack my suitcase <laughs> so aggressively, really <laughs> loudly, really loudly. And then, you know, there'd be certain things I didn't pack the last time. Like, I don't know, like my toothbrush. I'm like, I'm taking my toothbrush. <laughs> so he knows I'm, I'm legit. I'd pack that and I would purposefully like lug it, it down the stairs. Like, good dunk, good dunk, good dunk, good dunk, good dunk. <laughs> and then I would just storm out and then I would drive to nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I would just drive part. like two blocks away and just park. No, the best part is just like staying in the car, not even driving. <laughs> you're, just, you're just in the car and you're like, I'm not even going anywhere. Like, And that's what we do internally. We're waiting for somebody to come and save us, but it's, it's our work. And how beautiful is that for us to learn that I get to save myself? And you know, it's helped me so much <sighs> as a parent because so badly I want to save my daughter from all of these experiences. Oh, yeah. But time and time again, she shows me that she's strong enough to do it on her own. And she's only eight, right? And so when she she actually dealt with something recently at school with a difficult teacher and a, another another student, and she she got through it on her own. And I it just I'm so proud of her for that. And and I think it shows me oh like I I can do that too. And I think that's probably the most liberating thing of this whole journey. I mean, the first, the most frustrating thing is learning that it's all you and it's on wow. you and it's your responsibility and every reflection, everything that you're internalizing is all you. Everything that you are bringing into your body, into your awareness is all you. That's frustrating. But that is also the most liberating thing to know that you can then transform that and you get to, yes. right? I do desire to go through the hardest things. I don't want to skip any parts. It's a horrifyingly liberating realization. Yeah. Because like the day that I awaken to that, which is like honestly a constant unfolding. Like it I, is. I awakened to it probably a few years ago, but then I have like moments where it like comes back. It's like yeah, a, well, you a, fall back asleep. Yeah. You take a nap. Yeah. It's a, you take a nap. You take a nap. You take a nap. It's a deeper knowing every time. It like seeps deeper and expands. But you know, every time I realize it, it's it's so amazing and liberating to come to that knowing. But it's also like, wait, I had the power all along. And then sometimes you yeah. suffer because you realize that, and you're like, wait, like why did I do that? But it doesn't really matter. You did that so that you could remember that you don't have to do that. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And sometimes we do need to take, we just need to take our time with it. <laughs> you took a nap. I, sometimes you need to take, to take a longer nap. 
Because maybe, maybe you've just, I don't know. Well, and think about how refreshed you are after a nap, right? It's like when when you come back to that knowing after a quote-unquote nap, right? Falling asleep and having that smoke screen come across your eyes again. When when it's gone, you see it so much more clearly. I mean, look at how much more clearly we're seeing everything after those little well, triggering teachers. Well, you know what's teachers. funny? For me, like when I wake up from a nap, I'm actually quite groggy, which is kind of what happens yeah. to me spiritually, right? Because at first it's like, wait, like you kind of feel like you're in this like weird mirage because yes. things are so Dis- flipped. They're being undistorted. Yes. Right? And it almost looks like they're being rearranged in the wrong way. Like you kind of have to like rub your eyes and be like… <laughs> yeah, like that- what am I seeing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh my God, that's a really good… Because Yeah, and it kind of has to come back into focus where now I can see. Like, I can ah, see it. Oh, okay. Yes. And it's just such a beautiful practice. I mean, again, I'm so grateful to have you as the mirror because, it, I mean, we've talked about this too. If it was, if you were someone that wasn't as aware, like think about how deep this could go. I would call Sam saying, hey, yo, you were kind of bitchy to me. And I really need you to stop talking to me like that because you're talking <laughs> to me like you're making me feel dumb. And you'd be like, I would throw it back. You'd be like, well, you're being a bitch right now. And it's like, it would just keep, we would just keep going deeper and deeper into our own stories. And that's why, you know, we both have multiple coaches, you know, obviously we've gone to therapy and all of these things really serve as a way for us to see the truth. Because as long as you stay by yourself, you're the only one reflecting back the same things over and over and you just keep believing it. But with you, it's so much easier for me to see the truth because like, I can see you clearly. Clearer mm. than sometimes I can see myself. Mm. Like it's automatically, I, I know you don't think I'm dumb. I know you love me. Whereas when it's other people or other circumstances, your boss, your friend, your other friends, it can be easy to believe that, that believe that that is what they think about you. But yeah. And think about how disillusioned we become when we believe like our parents don't love us and stuff. Like that's a fucking trip. Like your parents yeah. may be acting in like a weird ass way according to their manual, but they they definitely love you. Yeah. So I guess the invitation here is look at your manual. How yes. much of your manual is somebody else's manual? The hard thing is, is like knowing that it is a manual because yeah. a lot of people say things like, it's just the way it is. Yeah. No, it's not. Like it, it's just the way you think it is. And it's just the way that maybe it has been, been. or felt like it's been, but mm. you can you can change how, how it be. <laughs> how you can change how it be. Yeah. And I think honestly, the safest way to begin changing your manual too is literally to be around people who have already done the manual edits. Yes. Because when you begin to change your manual, you begin to see the great distance between yours and other people's. Yeah. Um, actually, I have a past client who's going through this right now where she her whole manual has like been revamped. Yeah. And she's seeing the old manual like thrown in her face kind of because they're they're projecting, right? And I was like, yeah, the, the best way to kind of shield yourself from that is to be around people who reflect your manual as well. So yeah. be in community. Join the free spiraling higher community. Yes. We have our next call coming up actually the 28th of May. Yeah. Free. Free. Completely free. And the last time people were in there, they literally were like crying and saying oh it my was gosh, I know. It was so beautiful. And that has been one of the, the most healing things for me is having other people continue the whole to hold the frequency of the truth. Yeah. Oh my God. And for you need mirrors. Like we get to be mirrors for each other. And so what we offered up in the last call was this opportunity for people to really see and hear each other. And they could just, oh my God, people just saw themselves all of a sudden. They were like, oh my God. Like I'm, you know, when you have that moment of like, oh my God, like I'm so mean to myself. And it's like, it's not this like, oh, I'm so mean to myself. Like it's just, it's a deeply hurt feeling that you did that. You're like, wow. And that's actually what so many people said about the call was like, I didn't realize until I heard someone basically saying what I say to myself and how deeply 
upsetting it was to me to hear someone say that. And that's how I feel, honestly, when when you come to me and like you think like I'm fucking stupid or like whatever you say. Um, it just it hurts me so bad yeah. because I see how untrue it is. And then I'm forced to kind of see what it would be like if when I say that to you. Yes. Yeah. And it's it seemed it's so hurtful. You're like, oh my God. And so if I stay in my own lane though, and I never ref- get reflected back by talking to Gina or anyone else in my community, then I just never see a problem with it and I just suffer. Like I just, it just becomes my state of being. Yeah. And so when you really surround yourself with people, I mean, for lack of a better word, like high, high frequency, like it forces you to like change yours because you actually can't connect yeah. at the opposite frequencies. And it reminds me, I don't know where I read this, but it just talked about how like you can be in a dark room and just one little candle just oh. lights up the whole room and you can't be dark in a room with light you oh my god yeah yeah so if you're feeling dark right now just join the room there's a lot of lights in there there's lots of lights there's lots and lots even of if your on. candle gets blown out there's like several others someone else will relight it for you yes. and that's actually what keeps happening with us is like we just keep relighting each other's candles i'm like ready with a match <laughs> you're like here i am yeah I'm um, still going. yeah i'm like a 72 hour burning wick like let's go <laughs> I'm on a never-ending candle. Yeah, it's a never-ending candle, and um, yeah, oh my god, we have to we have to come back to this when we take a nap. This this, this conversation will bring us out of. I, our I slumber. feel like you're gonna be like, listen to episode thirty eight. You're gonna be like, 30, no, and we be like, I I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need that right now. I don't now. need that. I already know that. <laughs> I don't need to hear that right now. As no. soon as I say, she thinks I'm dumb because she suggested episode thirty nine for me to listen to. <laughs> I think as soon as I say now, this is part of my manual is noticing the pattern and and using certain things as signals to alert me of yes. oh, I'm not in the the, yes. the, the state that I want to be in. Right. So one of them is when I say things like, um, I know that. Yeah. That's an immediate signal to me. And the other one is when I keep asking, like, what should I do? What should I do? It's it's anytime I'm spending too much time in my head. Those are telltale. Those signs. are my signals of, oh, I I have not been connecting with myself. But it's so funny because, you know, you and I meditate a lot. I'm a breathwork facilitator, so I'm doing that all the time. So you really think that you aren't doing it. And that's okay. That is yes, okay. You have human. to go through that. It's so human of us. And so again, that that part is equally as important as coming back to yourself. You need those. Well, you need something to come back to. Exactly. Like, you, where did you go? Like, you got you, you got to go somewhere to come back. So yeah. I think, yeah, it's it's always refreshing when you come back. And that's why we've completely normalized the departures. Like, it's yes. just, yeah, I fucking forget. Like, I, I think I'm dumb. I think I'm stupid. Like, you think you're stupid. It just, it just happens. And I the difference is, is we don't shame ourselves or each other for that. That's been the biggest part because usually, you know, in an argument or if you act a little bit, you know, weird, the other person's kind of like, yeah, you were kind of like a bitch back then. Kind of needs like, to like teach you about it. Yes. But like, I've never felt like I need to teach you about just, something. We, I mean, we, we actually <laughs> laughed because there was a time where, I mean, sometimes I can get snappy and <laughs> it really we, wasn't that bad, but it was just like the only example I could think of. Cause I was trying to explain to her like a time but where we could laugh and I yeah. can laugh because I'm not making it mean anything. You're not about shaming me. yourself. I'm but, not, I know I'm not actually a bitch. I know I'm not actually a terrible person. It was yeah. just a moment that was, I was frustrated. That was my expression of frustration, which you give me space to feel part of the reason why I suffer so much with my frustration, my anger is because I feel like there's no space in my to feel manual it. For, to be allowed to feel anger or to be frustrated. So yeah. it's an immediate shame of you shouldn't act like that. But you and I just allow every process. I mean, even there's been times where you're just really down and you're like, it's not okay. And I'm like, I'm totally fine with how you're being. I know that was actually so amazing. And 
we'll talk about this probably another episode, but yeah, like being in situations where I really have an expectation of how I want to be showing up to that situation and I'm just not. Yeah. And I'm, my manual is saying like, I'm not supposed to be showing up this way. Like I really need to fix myself. Like I really need to not be like this. And you just being there and being like, it's literally fine. I literally don't care. I I remember saying to you, like, I actually love you more, right? You were like, I'm supportive. Like, actually, this is better. Yeah. I'm like, really? really? It's coming up against my manual. My manual was like, no, you can't act like this. But you just kept saying, like, no, it's actually fine. Like, I love you more like this. And like, I'm learning about you in this moment. Like, and it just, it just made it so much easier for me to not resist what was happening and move through it the way that I needed to. And the same with you getting snappy. It's like, I don't need to be like, hey, like, stop acting like that. I can just see, like, Okay, like whatever. And it <laughs> it feels really safe for me to express. And it's also safe for me to be in those states and know that it's not going to change how you view me or how, how yeah. It's just, it's really been healing. It's been healing. And that's what we do here, people. So we, we be healing. If you like healing, if you like being honest with yourselves and each other, hop in inside the community. Um, we have Join our us. next call. Yeah, in about next next 10 days or so. And um, there's no expectation to show up other than, wait, there's no expectation on how to show up. There is, you just show up. That's just it. Just show up as you are in whatever state you're in and we're going to hold the space. Yeah. It's going to be incredible. I can't wait. Thank you, Gina, for being my mirror. Thank you, Sam. For I being love my you. <laughs> we love you all. We'll see you inside the community. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this honest conversation. We hope it brought you peace, clarity, and a little bit further along your spiritual journey. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left us a five-star rating and a review so we can bring you more conscious conversations, spiritual topics, and guests. And we lovingly invite you to join our free Spiraling Higher community by clicking the link in the show notes to continue this healing dialogue and share with us how this episode impacted you. Come on in, introduce yourself, and meet your conscious besties in a safe space for healing conversations between us and other like-minded people on their healing journey. Here's to spiraling higher.